I'm opposed to all of this. Let's move on. Hello and welcome to Etonicast. As almost always, I'm Alex Roy, the founder of the No Parking Podcast and the producer of Apex, the secret race across America. And I'm Kirsten Korosek, senior transportation reporter with TechCrunch. And I'm Ed Niedermeyer. I am the communications director for Partners for Automated Vehicle Education and the author of Ludicrous, the Unvarnished Story of Tesla Motors. And um, friends, do you ever feel, do you ever get this feeling um, that I sometimes get that, that you're in a nightmare that you can't wake up from? Do you ever get that? I've never shorted Tesla, so I feel great. <laughs> I hear that is the Dang. secret of happiness. Um, I have also never shorted Tesla. Um, despite despite yeah, what everyone says about you, you've never done that. It's incredible. And yet, despite this fact, life still occasionally feels like a nightmare that I can't wake up from. Um, particularly this last week. And I think there was one thing in particular that, that really sort of made me feel that like never before. And that, that was, was such a nightmare. This thing that you're about to talk about was such a nightmare that you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. Is that what you mean? <laughs> Let me guess. You were worried that Kirsten would come back to record without an actual microphone once again. No. Um, it turns out that there is a device. Oh, um, that uh, was was created, uh, apparently goes on sale this fall. Um, the first sexual pleasure device for self-driving cars. Um, and someone was pitched this. So a PR company, someone, the, the company that makes this product paid a PR agency to pitch this. Kirsten, I'm surprised you didn't get, did you not get pitched this? That's good. Kirsten, Kirsten is a credible real journalist. Edward. Oh no, I get terrible pitches all the time. I just didn't happen to get this one. Yeah. Um, and the, like the headline on the, this product's page is, um, enjoy, and I think this is why it was forwarded to me, but uh, enjoy sexual satisfaction while your Tesla drives itself. So which part offended you? Me, the self-driving claim. All of it. No, I mean, look, I, I have no, so I want to be clear. I have no moral issue. If people want to um, express their love for robots, I, you know, I'm not here to judge that. Relational by robot is okay in your book. I, I'm, I, I have no position on human robot sexual contact. Okay. That it's not my department. Let's just cut to it here. It is a device which services the user while using Tesla autopilot. And does it have like a, a domain, like an operating domain? It'll only work and service like on the, the highway. Yeah. Well, it only works. Yeah. It only works on men. If that's okay. what you're, and, and it only works when you're it's, it's OD when autopilot is engaged. Is that, is that the concept? Oh no, I don't think that there's any restrictions. No, it's, oh. it's, I think autopilot is more of the marketing angle. Um, so it says, so here, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in just really quickly because listening to you guys try to walk around and not actually say the words is almost ridiculous. So I'm just going to say, this is a robot that attaches to a cup holder and gives blowjobs to men while driving. Okay. So we've, we've cleared that up. Go ahead. There we go. Let's see. It, it says is made especially. Thank you, Kirsten. We, we really rely on you on this show. Um, 
made especially, and you always you always rise to the occasion. <laughs> this made especially for Tesla, but may fit other self-driving cars. Um, I'm sure Waymo does not feel the same way about it. <laughs> yeah. What's so ins- so do do first so it has no o- operating domain. No, no, no. In other All words, it is is it it attaches to where the cup holder is. It looks like a a pneumatic tube of some kind in any car. Yeah, I mean, really, it can go in any car. They're just marketing it towards the Tesla owner. What a scam! For a variety yeah. of reasons. What a yeah, scam! So this company, this company sells a, a, another product that's just called. Well, we don't have to get into brand names, but it, it's essentially the same thing. Just in a self, a single self-contained device, um, you've seen flashlight or whatever. It's basically like something like that. Um, and and this latest product that just came out is just, or it's not even for sale. Uh, they won't deliver it until the fall, apparently. But it, it's that essentially on an arm that fits into your uh, into your cup. Well, basically, this so- can go on any vehicle, but the. Uh, owner of this product, whether it's parody or not, and Ed, I think you think it's real. I do. That the, the sort of um, sad brilliance about it is that they recognize that there is going to be a certain audience and attention paid to anything attached to the name Tesla and also claims of self-driving vehicles or autonomous vehicles. And so while this could go on any vehicle, really, is it just literally fits in a the cup holder on your right, you know, um, while you're driving, it, it, you know, they, they, they are marketing it towards Tesla owners. Let me, may I suggest if we have anyone in the audience who owns a Vitamix blender, if you really want to get, do some really great marketing for Vitamix or Blendtec, their competitor on, uh, you should just do an April fool's prank and announce world's first self-driving car blender. Right. And that mm. would be huge. Um, right. Yeah. Well, I think you got that idea from that amazing book that we occasionally pull from, um, Autonomous. Oh God! <laughs> because it did. Because the remember the autonomous vehicle it contained a blender, among other things. It it, it, it didn't have like two thousand square feet of onboard room. That's yeah, that's very basically. limited. <laughs> All right, what else do we have to discuss today? Oh, we're just we're just discussing this for for the next hour. No, 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 we're not. Um, here's here's my thought. Ed tweeted it out. I think Jalopnik wrote about it. Um, wrote about it. Jalop- and oh, okay. And as only Jalopnik really is the only outlet that can really like give it justice. I think. Um, and my retweet was only that the most offensive thing about it is that it was called self driving, which I think is a good segue maybe into other topics. It's it's yeah the self driving thing, but I think also I mean designing something right. So like the 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 basic product. I mean, if you have a hands free system or or even a you know one that only requires to keep one hand on, you could use their their standard handheld product uh, in the same way. What they're doing is 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 they're not only saying that Teslas are self driving, which we all know they're not, but they're also marketing the idea that this is a good thing to be doing while you're driving. And again, I have no issues with most consensual forms of sexual practice. Uh, But, uh, you know, I think we can all agree that driving is a very dangerous thing. Uh, There are already lots of distractions. There are already a lot of deaths that happen to the distractions. And I think that it's reasonable to say that masturbation sexual activity 
is probably just not, it's probably just not the right place to be introducing that. And that certainly the technology uh, that's available in the car that is being marketed towards, uh, you know, is it is not at a point where, you know. I, I like how you like really explain that and use like, you know, intellectual reasoning. I think that we can just say this. Don't have sex in your car. While you're driving. Yeah. I'm opposed to all of this. Let's move on. <laughs> it's like sex is bad. Next. <laughs> I'm opposed to all forms of driver distraction, which lead to cogn- cognitive decline and increased <laughs> risk on our roads. Next. Next. All right. Well, there's there's no shortage of, of garbage to really discuss. Well, um, I, can we talk about just bubbles in general? Okay. Okay. So I, I just want to comment about there's been an interesting thing that right now everyone's calling a trend, but actually was a trend also like three or four years ago. And have you y'all heard about SPACs? Yep. Oh. A SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company. Okay. Or sometimes it's called a shell company. It's essentially a shell company. Sometimes it's called a blank check company. Basically it doesn't have any operations, but plans to go public. It is public. It goes public as a right. without operations. Yeah. Right. They go, they go public. And then another company comes along that wants to go public and they essentially do a reverse merger and become, become that publicly traded company. And well, eventually that means that as a publicly traded company, they will have to um, provide material or report material information. It's kind of an interesting thing that allows them to, well, for one, you don't get an S1 initially. You eventually get information. The S1 is the document that I always love looking through, which is all the risks and challenges, it usually gives insight finally for the first time into what the profit loss, usually loss situation is for a tech company or tech startup. Um, you can sometimes find out about lawsuits and other really interesting things. Um, so it avoids that. It also is a, a really quick way to, um, you don't have to do the roadshow. It, it really condenses it. So it avoids a lot of fees and things like that. So there's another reason why to do it. It's not just because of the lack of initial transparency. Um, And with the volatility in the market right now, and this influx of retail investors, including through apps like Robinhood, we have seen just incredible, I, I mean, basically the market is not responding to anything that's fundamental anymore. Have you been listening to Scott Galloway lately? What? His whole thing is that the stimulus checks that have gone out have been spent by millennials on opening Robinhood accounts and pumping up stocks they know nothing about. Is that what you're coming to? Well, I mean, possibly, but I think what's happening is that a number of companies that were maybe intending on going public saw a window and are jumping on that window, particularly around electrification. So, and just in mobility in general. So, um, and autonomous vehicles. So in the past two months, we've seen Nikola Motors. <laughs> we've seen just the other day, Shift Technology, which is, which is an online used car marketplace. And to be fair, that company has been talking about doing an IPO for a really long time. Um, then there's Velodyne. And now there appears to be rumors that Fisker Incorporated is also looking at this. Is that you mean Karma? No. no. 
<laughs> oh, Fisker, Mr. Yeah. Fisker himself. Yes. yes. Yeah. Wow. So there's a little confusion about, about this sometimes. And, and uh, the, the company that was called Fisker went bankrupt uh, and it became karma because uh, uh, Heinrich Fisker retained the rights to the Fisker brand uh, uh, in that bankruptcy. And so old Fisker became karma um, and, and karma just raised a hundred million, right? Right. They just raised a hundred million the other day or they announced it the other day. And Fisker also raised 50 million the other day. Fisker Incorporated is Henrik Fisker's uh, company. And that's the one that's got the Ocean EV SUV. Yeah, that was just shown at, at, at CES. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the Karma one is interesting because, I mean, it, right? So Karma and, and just them, and it's, it doesn't, they haven't gone public with the SPAC, right? They're still, I think, a privately owned company mostly. I think they're wholly owned by. One chunk. Right, right. But the but the rumors, the rumors to be clear are not about karma. The rumors are about Fisker Inc. Right. Right. I understand that. So I, I think yeah, okay. So I mean the 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 karma stuff illustrates how much how easy it's become for the sort of future of car companies to raise money because a couple months ago um they were reportedly uh uh examining the possibility of chapter eleven bankruptcy. Uh, and now they've raised $100 million. Now they did it privately. They didn't do it through the SPAC. So it's a little different than what we're talking about. But these things are all related, right? Right. So the, the interesting thing, though, is, is that anyone who's in the car manufacturing business will tell you that, A, building cars is very hard. Building cars is very expensive. And usually, especially if you're going to build your own factory, I mean, talk to Lucid or Byton, which we'll have to talk about in a little bit. Um, you know, I've always heard the analogy of like, the first vehicle off the line that's a production vehicle costs a minimum of $1 billion, essentially. Um, and so $50 million here or $100 million there is like a lot of money, but it's also like a drop in the bucket unless they are partnering with another manufacturer, which is I suspect what they're going to do. I can't imagine that they try to build their own factory. If they did, it would be a very expensive endeavor. And maybe they would have to maybe... Fisker, for example, will have to do a SPAC or Karma will have to raise a lot more money. The point of this all is that in the midst of all this like market volatility and what seemed like sort of like doomsday type of situation, all of a sudden there appears to be a, an avenue that companies are going towards to raise money, which is going to the public capital markets through SPACs and also suddenly EV companies finding some money. At the same time, the, the existing EV companies like Byton are not exactly having an easy go of it. So I'm not sure why people are investing in these other companies. Like, I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. I don't get it either. Well, friends, I hate to, I hate to be the, the, the broken record over here, but I've kind of been saying for a while that, you know, you can, uh, let's see, how do I put Building this? cars well, is hard. Building cars no, is expensive. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. But but no, I mean, specifically here, right? Like, I think the, the discourse around Tesla has been very much about Tesla. And it's been defined by, you know, whether the people involved like Tesla or don't like Tesla. Um, and, you know, that's a normal conversation that especially car people like have these kinds of conversations all the time. To me, you know, and, and certainly what I try to emphasize in the book is that is that, you know, when you have a company like Tesla that is at the leading edge and when you have especially now more and more companies all the time that are very clearly inspired by Tesla, 
all of a sudden, you know, sort of how they, what, what they do, what they get away with, how they do things. Um, if they're successful, you know, then you're not just creating a situation where Tesla is successful by doing the things they've done, but that you're, you're creating a precedent. And I think when you look at Tesla being worth more than like almost all the other car companies combined at this point, and it, it, it varies, but like most of the big ones, um, you know, the, what the markets have done very clearly is create an incentive for companies to uh, try to replicate Tesla's. I, can we can stop you right there, Ed? We, I think we need to start using chess timers on our comments here. Ed, can, can you comment on Nikola Motors? Because I remember hearing about them years ago, and then out of nowhere, like a week and a half ago, I see this, that their stock price is blown up. This guy, Trevor, what's his name? Trevor, Trevor Milton. Trevor Milton. This guy... Maybe he's a nice guy. I don't know. But like, who does this guy think he is? Because he must be, uh, he's on Twitter more than Elon Musk and he is so annoying. Like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, where did he come from? And he came from, he came, who, who does he think he is? The answer is very clear. He thinks he's Elon Musk. Yeah. But thinking here's the after PayPal. I'm like, Oh, the guy who built PayPal. Sure. He's making cars. I'm not sure I get it, but maybe it's cool. But I don't understand how Nikola Motors gets this value. Like, are people just stupid? Well, if you want to look at the valuation, that conversation I'm happy to have because I have can comment it. on it. Please the, do. The valuation is tied almost exclusively, and I, and I wrote about this a while ago, a couple of weeks ago. Um, if you look at the number of... Um, Robinhood, so retail investors, but specifically Robinhood users that were were buying into Nikola, um, it has absolutely increased and it's driving a lot. That's not the only reason, but Ed is right in that um, a lot of it is being tied to Tesla's success. And so people uh-huh. are betting on what the next Tesla is going to be. And right now that appears to be in their view, what the next possible bet is to make. It, so- why has is nothing it to do with fundamentals. Wait, let me finish. Has nothing to do with fundamentals, and also let's be clear: it ha- its forecast is no revenue. Right. So, why isn't Lucid Motors uh, like? Why isn't there more action? Lucid isn't a publicly traded company. Yeah, I know that, but like, why isn't there more buzz around Lucid? It's it's a it's a product with an obvious like go to market strategy. It's a nicer car than a Tesla. Well, I think there's buzz, but I think there's a difference between buzz about a product and buzz about stock. Mm, Yeah. That's a very different thing because if you look at what the markets are doing, like I'll give you an example, Hertz. Very few people on Robinhood owned Hertz stock in February when they actually had their best fundamentals in a long time. Okay. And if you look at a chart and watch Hertz and Robinhood, as Hertz has struggled, the rate of Robinhood users has skyrocketed. Okay. So when the company filed for bankruptcy in May, that was the week. This the week following was when Hertz was number two on the popularity chart at Robin Track, which is a website that tracks Robinhood's data. So basically, people are speculating. And what they're speculating. And they won. I mean, the shares closed at like $20 a share in February. 
And there was like maybe a thousand Robinhood users that owned Hertz stock. Fast forward to a lot of problems, COVID and all this other stuff. Uh, and then shares went down to 56 cents. That is ripe for speculation. And so a ton of people, like thousands of people, popped up in Robinhood and took on Hertz stock. And when it when the stock rose up to a few dollars, you know, that's obviously like a big gain if you bought a bunch of stock. So like as of a story I wrote in June, 170,000 Robinhood users held Hertz stock. The same exact thing is happening with other um, companies. It's not just mobility companies. So I, I had a, a, a fascinating conversation um, just in the last week with um, a, yourself. A, no, with a <laughs> Wall Street analyst, um, a guy who who is you know studies the fundamentals of mobility companies. Not Adam um, Jonas. Automotive. I'm not going to say who it is or who it isn't, right. uh-huh. um, but I will say this is someone that I respect a lot, and uh-huh. you can read into that what you want. Um, and and we were just talking about different couple, you know, different companies in the space and things that are happening. And and he said he's like, look, you know, I've just had to learn that, you know, everything that I used to think about and care about in the past almost doesn't matter anymore. And there's really only one question that does matter, and that's does it meme? He's like, and we we live in a it's a meme market, and basically Tesla is the poster boy for this. It is the the idea that Tesla is either is or is going to be like that that is going to be um, insanely profitable. Uh, and is going to justify whatever valuation, you know, happens to be at, Um, you know, that debate has happened so long. That's since 2013, 2013 was a long time ago. And that's when Tesla stock first took off. And ever since then, there've been people saying that it's overvalued on the fundamentals. And there have been people who like the product or the company or the stock. And they have, they have won the argument that this company should be worth not just what it was in 2013 at the end of that first run, but many multiples of that now, and and what the thirteen fourteen hundred dollars a share, um, they've won that debate. Uh, the and and the problem is is what is the what is the the outcome of that? The outcome of that is not that Tesla suddenly you know is definitely going to be be profitable because the stock is up. That that's not how the causality. There's no guarantee there. What what the real effect of it is is that um, opportunists see now that you can meme your way to literally billions of dollars of wealth, and so even if you're only able to capture ten percent of the meme magic that Tesla has been able to to generate in terms of this online discourse that and 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 approaches to investing and the kinds of investors, the Robinhood investors that are in the market. Even if you only get a ten percent of it, right? And and Nikola is interesting because Trevor Milton owns, I think, something like forty percent of that company. So he only needs to get a, a little fraction of what Tesla's accomplished to personally make billions of dollars. And and again, this is why you know, for me, the criticisms of Tesla, it's like it's not about do you like Tesla as a company? Do you like Elon Musk? It's the question is if we're just accepting that we can meme our way. Uh, to these crazy high valuations, there are systemic effects from that. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. 
Well, and so this is what um, what I will say that I think a lot of companies, and I don't think every company that's doing a SPAC, by the way, is trying to meme their way. I think, I, I, let's be clear, there, no, there, totally. there are real reasons why to do a SPAC and it's why it, every now and then it becomes popular. But why are companies trying to ride the coattails of, of Tesla and why are investors, retail, um, or even on the VCN, like looking for the next big thing? Um, here's the problem with that whole scenario and why it's kind of built on a house of cards is that what we found with looking at automakers trying to, quote, become the next Tesla killer and things like that, um, a headline that um, is problematic, is that simply trying to copy Tesla or do what Tesla does doesn't work. It just simply... But it does. It has. Well, it might be working temporarily, but I'm telling you that it's... I think it's difficult to do, and I think that it... I think we'll end up seeing a lot of tears. Well, so then then there's a question of, you know, is it going to work for Tesla permanently? Well, that's another topic, and it may or may not, but my point is, is that, like... We have figures that come up in the world of tech or in politics, or whatever, that seem to be able to magically like get away with like the most amazing things, good and bad. And when others try to follow that, it might work for a while, but eventually it just falls apart. Whether or not that then translates to that person who originated it is hard to say. But Elon Musk, like whether you love him or hate him, like does have a special knack of generating extreme amount of interest um, into his products and people buying into that. People copying that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to translate in the long term. Look how long he's been able to sustain this for. Pretty long but also, But also, if you look at the history, I mean, look at how many times it's, it's almost all fallen apart. Yeah, but it still hasn't, though. And that's my point, is that I don't know how many companies can like sustain it for that long. I mean, for one, it must be freaking exhausting. I have a question for you guys. Have either of you tried to use any company's car company's app to make a service appointment? No. Is this going to be the part where you shill for Tesla? I'm not shilling for Tesla because I don't know if it's worked yet, but I did just try to make an appointment through their app and it was seamless. And then they contacted me after the fact to tell me that they had to change the date um, because they were, the part was not in stock. So I don't know how it's going to work out. But there are aspects to Tesla in the real world which actually are pretty good. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, Does that, that mean that they're worth more than like, you know, GM and, and, and Volkswagen uh, and, of and course Hyundai not. Of and course Ford not. combined? No, of course I mean, not. Nikola, Nikola is worth more than Ford. And I think this is the point. What's fascinating to me about wait, Nikola, this is wait, that Nikola is worth more than Ford? I think it market is market cap. Yeah, market cap. Yes, that's ridiculous. Well, right. but but what's what's amazing is to me is that is that and this is why I'm more bemused by this whole thing than anything else is that the people who are freaking out the loudest about Nikola uh, and and the market cap that it's achieved with zero products, zero revenue, like really they're it's proof uh, not, you know they're prototypes basically. Um. It, the people freaking out about that the most are the Tesla investors. And I think what, what, what's being proven is people, people want to feel like somehow Elon Musk should get away with stuff that other people shouldn't. And, and when you press them on this, there's never a principle. 
it's always it always comes down to like I don't know it just feels right that Elon can do this but it's but it's so weird and 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 like the world's upside down when someone other than Elon Musk or uh, you know right try, which, is why, to- which is why which is why I think that we'll, we'll unfortunately for Nikola the best thing that could have ever happened to them was that they would have had a a a tepid but promising start that slowly gained when the Badger was announced, more information, and then that would have been the best scenario for them. Because now what's going to happen is that they are completely subject to volatility. And you've already seen like this, that uh, the founder lose his shit over like one, one person selling, uh, what was it? Like 1.5 million shares. 1.5 million shares and tweeting about it. I will tell this to like any founder, like if your company goes public, you don't want a meteoric rise out of the gate in all sorts of, in a volatile market that usually spell things like consistency. Like it's uncertain. He's personally worth billions of dollars because of this. Uh, Can we move on to, can we move on to Biden and NZ Biden life because yeah, we can, we can. Nicola does not deserve this much coverage. Oh, jeez, like, come on! Listen, I mean, not. I'm very. L- l- let me let me say this: putting the stock aside, I'm very interested in what the company is doing. They've been talking about a lot. I remember interviewing Trevor many, like several years ago, and he's like a a, a very bold personality. So I'm Bolder very, very interested to see what happens, and I'm very interested in the Badger, which is the electric pickup. And he, you know, I, this is my final note. So he put out on Twitter a while ago that, um, you know, looking for the the best reviewers. And I was so annoyed oh. because all of the reviewers were like, you like nothing against YouTubers, but like not necessarily people who have done a lot of off-roading or like, you know, stuff like that. And um, I nominated um, Emmy over Emmy at- Hall? Yeah. She's because cool. She won the Rebel Rally. Yeah, she's cool. And, a, and she's a badass and she knows a lot about vehicles. So we'll see what happens with that one. But I, I'm hopefully, hopefully I'll get in the car too, you know? It, yeah. I, I, I noticed, um, I saw Marques Brownlee in uh, a Lucid, do a Lucid Air video. Yeah. Have you seen it? And I was actually surprised because I thought he was like in Tesla's pocket, but he actually, he, he wasn't. He was very fair. I wouldn't necessarily. He said some videos, I think, that have sort of been a little bit critical of Tesla, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I like him. I like his videos. Yeah, and raising his, his eyebrows right now, like he. His, what his lucid video was actually. I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it was nice. Check it out. Greetings, Atonicat Nation. Pardon the interruption. We know you're all anxious to hear the rest of the show, but we need a minute of your time. Actually, Kirsten, we need a few minutes. Okay, fine. Well, let's be clear. We don't need your time as much as your information. You might have heard that we have created a survey. Hold up. Let's provide some context here. What started as a fun side project has turned into something much bigger than we ever expected. And so it's time for us to grow up just a little. And to do that, we need to better understand our audience. We created a survey to do just that. The data fields are mostly optional, but the more you provide, the more you help. Importantly, we will never share your personal information with anyone. Filling out this survey is the most effective way to help us make this podcast everything it can be. So please take a few minutes to visit atonicast.com slash survey and help us understand who you are and how we can improve. Thanks. Thanks. 
Can we discuss, please, the Biden life? Because I feel, life. I feel like I am vindicated again, and that my Nostradamus factor is like, like. I mean, I don't awesome. think you're the only one who was. We have a whole episode called Z Biden Life. I mean, mm-hmm. do you remember? Do you remember what our our interaction was with them at CEO? Yeah, let's let's tell that. Let's tell that story. Yeah, tell a story, Kirsten. Well, they were very, very insistent upon us going to this and sticking to the schedule of going to see the vehicle. And we were like, all right, we'll go. The three of us will go. And we'll- CES 2018 was my yeah. my first CES ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. So we went. And no, in fact, we're with like a bunch of other people. We have to go through this like boring terrible product development marketing spiel that goes from room to room and talks about colors and talks about all this other stuff. And we're kind of tapped. It was like a 45 minute program, right? That you kind of, which which, by the way, if they had told us about that, I would have been fine. But what, what it, but it wasn't, it was very much about like you get in the car at this time. And then I'm like, okay, cool. See us. If anyone's been to see us, especially if they're a journalist, they know it's like, a shit show so it's all about time and instead no we had to go through this other thing and it was going to be even more delayed and so we basically left right and then yeah i left well no i think didn't didn't one of you stick around and actually get a ride i I didn't get a ride i I was just like i left i'm like i'm over this and then i came back and said i I, I stayed because i was like well i actually have to write about this so and i i said i wanted to come back and start the tour at a later date and they're like you can't do that there are rules yeah, this is the bite in life. Right, right. So then, so then I was, I think I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. And then Karsten, who's now over at Faraday. Right. They, and then a Chinese handler came over and was like, we're so sorry. And then I got in the vehicle and interviewed him and we took a 30 second ride, which was whatever. And then you two and or I think Alex, you ended up going back in the vehicle. I yeah, I don't. I, I sat in it. I didn't care. I was so bored and annoyed by that point. You know, I feel like comms departments at, just don't know how to handle journalists. Like they just. Well, so these were these was marketing. I think I don't think this was comms. This no, was no, no, no. this is marketing. Pretty sure marketing. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm looking up Nicola, and they did go as high as uh, almost. Almost a hundred dollars a share, and now they're down to fifty-four. So there is some sanity. Well, what's their what's their market cap? I don't know. Go back. Sorry, Kirsten. All you have to do on. is multiply. <laughs> well, I don't know how many outstanding. They're worth. They're current at the current stock price. They're worth uh, twenty point five billion dollars. Amazing. Uh, Go on, Kirsten. Sorry. Sorry. So that was our kind of like introduction to Zbyte life and their giant screen and stuff like that. And, and we've, I've written about them here and there and they've, they've been trying to build a factory and then they in China and, you know, and the joke, just the, the Zbyte life joke was that, right. So, so Biden is it's German guys, working, in, you know, with Chinese funding right. in, in China. Um, and so in this like, interminable like brand indoctrination death march um at some point they were talking about how it's this like lifestyle brand and, and it's they're very much a lifestyle brand yeah and the kinds of people who live z life and right. so that that's where this running a cast 
gag has come from. Right. And it just, it was crying to be mocked. Yep. Yep. And this was, and it's, it's funny to think about because, um, you know, this was almost the tail end of the first wave of Tesla wannabes, which was basically Faraday, Byton, and Neo were sort of the first three, and Neo before it was the next EV originally. And we're not counting all the EV companies that like went out of business, like the Codas of the world. No, 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 no. Those okay. are those were pre. That was a pre-Tesla being Tesla world, okay. right? Um, so sort of post-Tesla being a stock market phenomenon really right. is what okay. it was. And and so those are the first wave of those companies. And and yeah, it's fascinating um, that they're all basically toast or or, clo- or close to it. Right. So the interesting thing, so the interesting thing about so why are we talking about Biden today? We're talking about Biden today because they are having problems in it, but what I think that it and they've had layoffs and like production has been suspended, I believe. Correct, right? <laughs> yeah, if it had even started, they they said that um, they told the the Detroit bureau that effectively all um, they suspended operations for six months, and that um, let's see what was the quote: "Virtually all staff around the world will be let go." Spokesman Dave Butchko told. Right. So, and the funny thing is, I reached out to Dave and I got a. <laughs> the email does not exist. Oh really? Yeah. So, um, so at the, on the same time, uh, Biden North America. Okay, so Biden is a Chinese-backed company. They're essentially a Chinese. I mean, they're German guys who had um, background in in a long background um, in automotive, um, coming from I believe the BMW uh, i8 program, and um, another company which escapes me right now. And the whole idea and premise was that they were going to have like the factory and manufacturing in China and then do a lot of like R and D and other stuff here in Silicon Valley. And they have a very nice office um, in uh, Silicon Valley and they applied for and received a a PPP loan. But I think, I think it, the, the, the PPP issue here pales in comparison to what we were talking about before, which is the fact that, the markets are wildly inflating the valuations of these companies that don't have any way of 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 being sustainably profitable in the, in the near term. Um, and whatever happens with PPP here is going to pale in, in comparison to what's going to happen when um, this meme market stops working. Working, and I say I say that loosely. And by the way, it's so like Neo. And and again, one of the one of the most fascinating questions about all of this is like, what's the difference between the companies that are like going under and the ones who are going crazy? Because Neo, which went they went public in 2018, um, they were in serious financial trouble through the whole like second half of last year, and and let's see, as of May. By the end of May, they were worth about $4 a share, down from a high in March of 2019 of $10 a share. Right now, they're at like almost $15 a share. Um, they're at, they have their highest valuation ever right now. And this is after six, nine months, 12 months of like literally being hand to mouth, quarter to quarter, you know, how are they going to pay their bills, totally having to change their entire retail strategy um, launching new cars and, and just not having them like this is a very, very troubled company. 
And because it's on the market and because it's an EV company or something, it's now it's worth almost $20 billion. <laughs> Ford is worth $23 billion. Neo is worth $17 billion. The reckoning that we're going to face with all this is going to make PPP stuff look like nothing. So to, to sort of end on this topic, what do you see, first of all, happening with Byte? They're not? Yeah, they're yeah. Done. We never they're finished done. that conversation. What they're do you done. think? What yeah, do you think they're, they're, they're done unless they find a SPAC that they can reverse merge with and go public real quick. And then they'll be the third or fourth most valuable co- car company in the world. <laughs> you laugh, but like, like that's the, that's the deal. Like I, I would let you know something. The only one of these companies I would even consider buying shares in would be lucid. If lucid went public, like that's interesting to me. Well, These they're majority owned by what about Saudi Tesla? sovereign funds. So yeah. what about Tesla? You own two Teslas. Are you saying you would never buy Tesla stock? I, I've never owned a Tesla stock and I don't know if I ever will. I think it's overpriced now, but you know, uh, mm-hmm. I prefer not to own stock in companies that I might have an opinion on because I don't want It's just, I just don't think it's appropriate. Well, uh, per the rules of being a journalist and every publication I've ever worked for, we can't own stock in any company that we write about, which means that I don't own any individual stocks. So let the record reflect that. Let the Um, record reflect. I I guess I got to check out um, because I have to go do some work for a real company doing real stuff. No hype. No hype. Oh, okay. Um, can we just finish this? Do you have? Yeah. More so, so I, I want to, rather than saying what's going to happen to Biden, I'll, I'll tell you what's going to actually, what's going to happen. Okay. What's going to happen is that at some point sports are going to start back up again and people will be able to gamble on sports again. And uh, Ooh, a lot of money is going to go out. I think a lot of what's going on in the market right now, and it sounds crazy, but I think a lot of it is at least indirectly. Um, if not directly tied to the fact that people can't gamble on and what people are doing, if you look at the sort of culture that's, that's grown up in the last year or two, um, but, but especially over the last six months coming to its own, uh, it's not investing, it's gambling. Which is going to be why I'm going to, um, and we've talked about this a little bit and it's a, a subject for another day, but why it's very interesting to see the percentage of Robinhood users that are of um, options are playing around the options market. And next, it'll be futures because futures is a literal bet on what's going to happen in the future. So we'll see what happens on that. But this is not a show about equities or futures. It's a show about the future of transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, any parting words, Alex, about the Z-Biton life? Um, no. Uh, the, sc- the dashboard screen made no sense to me. It just didn't make sense. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, this is not going to fly. So. Yeah, I think that the, the the dashboard screen was a real strong sign that they thought that autonomous technology was going to be here sooner than and it later. actually was. Yeah. Um, because that that kind of design, um, no, I think is problematic outside of a, a truly autonomous. Even if it's just level three, um, uh, you know, it's that's not something that you want to be having in your face when you're trying to actually drive a car. Just um, no. One, one thing though that we didn't talk about, just to to close the loop, that maybe we should look into, is that um, if Biden is essentially dead for now, um, what's the impact on Aurora, which um, was had a contract with them? 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's of some kind. Uh, um, we we don't, don't know if it was of any real substance, um, but I would assume then that work has stopped. Maybe that's a good thing for Aurora. I mean, aside from the money part, but maybe in the beginning when they were looking for deals, it was like, all right, this company that's going to be up and coming. And maybe once they got into it, it wasn't so great. And so maybe this is a relief. I don't know. I have no insight into what went down with that. All right. So I'll give you a hot bite and take for, for to, to close this out. And, and my hot take will be, they'll be fine. They will find money. They will keep going. And the reason I, I I'm, I'm arguing this is because nobody, I challenge anybody to find an, an, a logical argument for why Biden is bankrupt or should be bankrupt, should be worth zero, um, but Nicholas should be worth $20 billion or uh, Neo should be worth almost $20 billion. Um, if those companies can be worth $20 billion or, or close to it, there's no reason Biden can't too, um, and they'll find the money. And, and heck, karma. I mean, karma is a, you know, they were already bankrupt once. <laughs> They're selling a sort of warmed over version of the Fisker karma that, that the, the, their the predecessor Vera. did. And they're trying to pivot into freaking delivery vans, which have nothing to do with a, a luxury, you know, car. So like, there are so many basket cases of companies worth, worth $20 billion. I don't think anybody can make a rational argument why any electric car startup should not be worth at least $10 billion. <laughs> this is the world we live in. Uh, and if you don't like it, then you got to look at the, the so sort is of. So is this going to be like the dot com? Is this going to be kind of like the dot com bubble that burst? It is. That's exactly what it is. It hasn't burst yet, though. Yeah. Well, um, let's just say if if all the companies that are worth, you know, as much or more than major and profitable existing automakers that sell millions of car cars every year, it, you know, there's not room for all of them, right? And so if these companies are really worth tens of billions of dollars, you know, then the, the companies that are also worth tens of billions of dollars, but again, make literally billions of dollars in profit a year and sell millions of cars, um, they're going to go away. Like, you can't have a, you can't, you can't have both. And I think at the end of the day, you know, it's easy to get excited about what you think the future might be. But when times get tough, you know, businesses that make money survive and those that don't, don't. And, uh, you know, memes, memes all have a, a shelf life. Well, you can make money on those memes in the meantime. I think that that's what a lot of people are betting on. And, and they have. And, you know, good for them. All right. And with that, thank you for listening to another episode of The Atonicast. And we will uh, bring you more more garbage next week i'm alex roy 144 on all platforms follow me all there right. or no parking podcast.com <laughs>